feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. If we want to keep improving and getting better and taking the, the national team forward, then yeah, we have to be a little bit more clinical. We have to make better choices in the final third of the pitch. But in the space of a year, just over a year, we've come a long way and we shouldn't forget that. I think that's really important that we don't forget that. The Goal Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited, giving the call to winter nights a red card. Call 08 08 17 17 700. Let's go, go, go. Well, a disappointing end to the Scotland week with defeat in Israel last night and no promotion to the top tier of European football. But how can you be disappointed when Stevie Clark's national team has ended the 23-year wait for an appearance at a major tournament finals? What did you think last night? What did you think about the performance, the result? And what lies ahead for Scotland apart from that Hamden and Wembley extravaganza next summer? International thoughts coming up and uh, we'll be on the Premiership title race as well. That's back as of this weekend. Celtic at Easter Road on uh, Saturday. Rangers play Aberdeen on Sunday. And as one of our guests gives me a dirty look, I'd better mention Livingston and St Mirren on uh, Saturday as well. We've got a PS5 Asides competition. Chris James and Stephen so far, another contender tonight. Gary from the Gorbals, who will be winning FIFA 21, whatever happens uh, just for taking part can he uh, join the race maybe lead the race as of tonight to win that uh, PS5 uh, that will be decided come tomorrow this is the Go Radio football show with OPC Energy Limited 0808 17 17 700 is the number which uh, links you with us and you're very welcome to be part of the show as well text go and your message to 87474 on the socials at Go Football Show. The gentleman who was giving me a, a dirty look until I mentioned his game at the weekend is Marvin Bartley, who is hot foot from the car park. He's been <laughs> here for all of all of 15 seconds. Good performance from you. Good pacey performance. Yeah, I'm out of breath now, though. The, the end is near. <laughs> <laughs> the, the end is now. You've got two hours to go, Paul. <laughs> the end is nowhere near. Darren Jackson, former Scotland striker, with us as well. Hi, Darren. Good to see you. Thanks, Rob. Yes, looking forward uh, to it. Yeah, I've got something to talk to you about. Uh, some information you gave us a couple of weeks back but actually it was only about a week ago actually and uh, Barry Ferguson <laughs> has asked me to uh, quiz you on it I was going to let it go he was uh, reluctant to do so but firstly your thoughts on last night and Israel won Scotland nil um, disappointing disappointing result I don't think the performance was disappointing um, we created chances but I think everyone said and everyone knows Rob at international level you need to take your chances because we don't create six, seven, eight chances in a game. We'll maybe create three good ones and you need to really take take one um, or two um, to win games. I think we've gone away in the three games. Obviously, the first game was fantastic. I think they dominated the game for eight to nine minutes. Um, they tired it a little bit and obviously extra time. Wonderful result. Great result for the country. Um 
I was crying at Ryan Christie's interview. <laughs> yeah. um, but even against Slovakia, I thought the first half we were good. I thought we were very good the first half. We've gone away from home and we've been taking games to teams rather than just sitting back and just maybe trying to catch them on the counter-attack. We've actually been taking... But at the end of the day, they've lost two games. They needed three points. And I think, Stevie, <laughs> from being on a massive high, I think he'll, he'll, be, he'll be on a low um, because... It's not good. It's not good enough if you need three points to to go into the section A, yeah. and uh, that that's that's a massive blow for us, really. One of the things we love about Stevie Clark, apart from the fact that he's doing a magnificent job and he's really turned things around at international level, and he's taken us to those European Championship finals next summer, is his honesty when he when he faces up in those after match interviews. And this was his immediate reaction at post Israel. No, I think it's a missed opportunity. We had to pick up three points out of the last two games, two difficult away games, and every away game is, is, is difficult in international football, but we expected to get the points that we required, uh, we didn't manage to do that, so yeah, no, I think it's, a, it's an opportunity missed. It's a funny old week though Marv, isn't it, when it, when it kicks off with that result in Serbia um, and sending a whole nation into, into celebration um, Slovakia was disappointing in terms of result but, but not performance, as Darren said and, th- and then last night, just because of what the the incentive that was lying in front of Scotland, that, that I guess that's a disappointing way to end the week. It is a disappointing way, but you know if we could have won one game going into it, it would have been the first game. Um, I think it's very very difficult for the players because you know you do win that first game, you go into the European Championships, you know the whole country's absolutely buzzing for you. The messages that they must have been getting while they're away, and then attempting to refocus on on the next two games is very very difficult. Especially you know when, when the break we have had in football, and you know a lot of the boys got tired towards the end of the extra time in, in the first game, and completely changed it for the second game. It's been a very very difficult trip. You add into that all the travelling they've had to do, and, and Israel um, apparently is really really warm in the evening. Apparently in the, in the day it was scorching. So. You know, the lads actually did look tired and Israel aren't a bad team. You know, you're playing against international footballers, you know, they can all play. You know, they've got players playing in top leagues around the world. You know, you saw Beaton from Celtic and Marciano from from, from Hibs, who we're, um, obviously we see quite frequently. But, you know, they've got some very, very good players. So it's not a case of just turning up to these games and expecting to win. You know, Israel don't want to lose also. You know, they, they, they want to win their game. It's, it's the final game of the competition for them. So... Yes, you'll be disappointed, uh, you know, not to have picked up the three points that, you know, so desperately wanted, but you qualify for the European Championship. So for me, you know, forget about the negatives. Let's, let's be positive for once and just concentrate on we won the first game. European Championships are coming in the summer. That's the most important thing. I think both both those thoughts really struck me as well, watching it last night, Darren. The, the fact that, yeah, Israel are, are a really good team, technically really good, uh, not just Zahavi and, and the goal threat that he carries, but, but Manor Solomon as well. What a player he is. Plus, uh, and Marv mentioned this as well, is just it, it looked like the end of a long, hard week for Scotland. It, it's it, you know not just a week on the road doesn't sound too long, but but when you're going from country to country uh, and you're going through all the hoops at the moment and the protocols and the guidelines of what, of what COVID means, it must be pretty draining. It, it is Rob, um, but the problem is no one will feel sorry for footballers. But the reality is that. Your, your fly, you've, they've had probably three, four flights. They're staying in maybe three hotels, different beds. It, it does it does add up to a performance that they did look a bit tired last night. I mean, Marv Leo played with Lyndon. He just looked a little bit off it last night. I mean, I'm a huge fan, a massive fan of Lyndon Dykes. In the first game, I think that's where we get the success because we have a focal point that 
I've always said that he's not just a big guy who flicks things on. He lays it into people's areas. He lays it in McGinn. He lays it into Christie's areas. He's very clever, um, known where other p- people are. But he just looked a little bit off it, even when he was coming off last night. Now, I'm not saying he was raging at getting taken off, but he just looked disappointed, probably, in his performance. They couldn't get the ball to him. And now, I don't know. I know he was suspended for the second game. But for me, he just looked a little bit, bit off it. But that's under, it's, it's understandable. He's new to international football. It's, it's, three, it's three games, the expectations of a country now, not just playing for Livingston or playing for QPR, it's the expectation of a country because he's actually become a bit of a star now. Maybe, I mean, he's, maybe he's human as well. Yeah, <laughs> he, he is. I mean, everyone can, we can all, and I, I'm not saying he, he had a bad game, he just wasn't in, he didn't give the, weight, the ball away all night. He had one bad touch in the middle of the pitch, but he just wasn't in the game that we need we need um, Lyndon Dykes in the game. And it does underline, Marv, that how central your old teammate has become to everything Scotland do. Yeah, and you know, when people are talking about him, even at the back end of being at Livingston, about going to play international football and people are like, he can't do it. What Lyndon Dykes does is you see him holding the ball up, chasing lost causes, really, really good in the air. No matter what level you're doing it at, no matter how high you go, you'll always be able to do that. He's such a physical player. Centre-halves, the modern-day centre-halves don't want to play against him. You know, no disrespect to, to, to Beaton. I didn't expect him to do as well as he did against Lyndon Dykes yesterday because normally he doesn't like the physical side of it. Um, but, you know, like you say, I think that's partly down to probably Lyndon being tired. But I'm not surprised at all. You know, he's taken international football by the scruff of the neck. Um, and also, you know, another thing, reason for him probably being tired is that he's just used to playing club football. You know, he's not used to, he's used to having international breaks off, you know, up until recently. And he's going down to QPR and let's be honest, it's probably a higher level than he's playing at Livingston. So it's more demanding on his body. So he's probably been on such a high and it's just hit him on this trip. You know, even with the suspension, I think all the flying and, you know, trying to avoid COVID and, and, and whatever else, I think it's just hit him on this trip. And the last game, he, he did look like a real, real tired Lyndon Dykes and, you know, hopefully he can go back and, and get his energy up for, and ready for the summer. Even Rob, that like he, it's a ma- massive move, and I'm not being disrespectful to Livingston, but he's going from Livingston to QPR, who are a big club in London. He might have been living in a hotel since since he's gone down there. Mm. Now I I don't like players coming when I was involved in clubs, even coming on loan, living in hotels because you know what it's like, and people <laughs> people are going to message in and saying, oh, footballers, they just want pampered, but it's not. You're living in a hotel. The heating's different. You're you're not eating properly, so it, this is maybe just caught up with them. Yeah. And the expectations, as I say, of a country, but I think he's done incredibly well, and I think he's he's definitely going to be a a big big player for us in the future. So it's been a high intensity week for Scotland, uh, followed now by a lengthy break till they can get together again. So what was Stevie Clark's parting shot to his players? I wanted to go away disappointed that they've lost two games. They're professional, they have to know that we want to win games, we want to come to places like Slovakia, like Israel, good teams, but we want to go there and we have to learn how to get points away from home. But I told them also to take away the fact that created a little bit of history for Scottish football. We've got the World Cup draw and when we get to March, it's a slightly unusual situation in that we have three massive World Cup qualifiers for Qatar 2022 before we get to the Euros. So we have to forget about that. That achievement is there. It'll be there for us next summer. Come March, three World Cup games, and we want to get off to a really good start. And it's got to be that balanced message, hasn't it, to, to the players as as, as they, they part for for some considerable time, as, as Stevie Clark said there. It's got to be that, you know, take 
all the satisfaction that you should take from what you've achieved in, in qualifying for the European finals. Um, but also, it is that reality check and it is, yes, we've come a long way and yes, we've still got to go a long way further, Marv. Yeah, and that's, that's his manager's hat on, isn't it? Saying that and, and doing that interview. I can assure you that the group chat with the boys and they're, they're absolutely buzzing. You know, uh, they're buzzing that they've qualified. You know, I know they haven't won the last two games and they've lost both of them, but they'll be delighted. They'll be looking forward. I know they've got the, the qualifiers for the, for the World Cup in, in March, but all, all they'll be talking about is the European Championships. And that would have been their sole aim going into these these three games. Let's, let's get into the European Championship. Let's, let's do this. We're going to be in the same group as England. You know, what an opportunity for us to show ourselves on, on the major, major stage. And, and, and they've done that. So I understand what Steve Clark's saying because, you know, they have lost two games and you, you don't want to reward, you know, defeat. But for the boys, if I was one of those players, you know, I, I would take it kind of a pinch of salt and just think, you know, what, I'm absolutely buzzing. I, I can't believe we're actually going to the European Championships. I think I heard somebody saying last night that over those two games against Slovakia and Israel, uh, Scotland had something like 33 attempts on goal um, and nothing hit the back of the net. So uh, the subject of taking chances was put to the manager afterwards as well. If we want to keep improving, and, and we do, I think you see from the, the effort, the endeavour of the players, that, that can't be questioned. The last two games, that cannot be questioned. But if we want to keep improving and getting better and taking the, the national team forward, then, yeah, we have to be a little bit more clinical. We have to make better choices in the final third of the pitch. Just over a year, we've come a long way, and we shouldn't forget that. I think that's really important that we don't forget that, and we don't we don't go back to the negative ways and the negativity around the national side that we had before. We, we've got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, let's stay positive. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> that's the message. But um, yeah, Lyndon Dykes has, has got a couple. Ryan Christie's been scoring goals for Scotland as well. But the the goals need to be coming from all around the team, ideally, Darren. Yes, of course. Callum McGregor scores a lot for Celtic John McGinn scores wonder goals yeah. um, for Aston Villa he did have uh, that purple patch for Scotland didn't he John McGinn a few internationals back but but the position he gets into he, he should score regularly yeah I, I actually thought and listen every single one of them was, was brilliant against um, Serbia and I thought John McGinn was a little bit off it I because he set such high standards you just expect John McGinn to run games, and I mean, he's again. I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of John McGinn, um, but I just thought he was a, just a little bit off it. He didn't get himself into too many goal-scoring opportunities. Um, but going back to um, the sorry, the qualifying for the, the the World Cup, the Group A. It's all about standards, Rob. They've qualified now for the, the, the Euros. That's that's part. Do you know what I mean? That's on the back burner. That's on the back burner now. The, there's players that obviously play for Celtic, play for Rangers, play for Liverpool, play for Manchester United. Their standards are they need to win every game. Do you know what I mean? So th they'll be disappointed with the last two performances. They will come away, yes, we've achieved our goal of qualifying, but we've, we've not let ourselves down, but we, we should have done better. We should have we should have got the, the points needed to go into a, a pot A, and I think that's that's the standards that Stevie wants to set, and I think that's the standard the players will want to set. 
We'll talk more about that in the course of the show. We'll talk uh, more about club matters as well. News today that Rangers players Jordan Jones and George Edmondson have been banned for seven games by the Scottish FA for COVID-19 related breaches. Uh, The pair of them attended a party after their team's 1-0 win against Kilmarnock on the 1st of November. Jones and Edmondson charged by the SFA and suspended by Rangers pending an investigation and the pair found, found out today that uh, that was the punishment coming their way Marv what did you make of that? <laughs> wow that's, that's, I'm lost for words for the first time in my life um, I've just heard that and you know listen it's difficult for me because I'm, I'm, I'm a current player and, and these, these are two young boys playing for a huge huge football club who you know they, they, they should know better um, you know I'm sure it ranges the same as at Livingston we're constantly warned you know you're not putting ourselves at risk you're putting other boys at risk and, and their families also so you know you can't be selfish in these times, and and let this be a message to to everyone, to all of us as players, that it's not acceptable. Um, you know, I think if those boys could turn back the hands of time, then they obviously would. Um, I'm sure they regret their decisions absolutely massively. Um, but you know, the SFA have came down on them and given them the seven games, so they need to deal with that now. And and then after that, work as hard as they possibly can to to possibly get back in the Rangers squad. You know, will the manager allow it? I, I don't know. You know, that's a, that's a question for him. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's not acceptable. You know, we're, we're very privileged as footballers to be allowed to carry on in our jobs as, as normal as possible. Um, so, you know, to put that at risk, not only your own team, as I said, you know, the whole league, then especially when Rangers are doing as well as they are, you know, it, it's something that, that the boys need to have a long, hard look at themselves. Darren, your thoughts? They deserve everything they get, Rob. Um, and incredible that players would even contemplate and doing that. And I said the same about ball and goalie. I say the same about the Aberdeen boys. The ball and goalie one was just beyond belief for me. Yeah. Um, but they deserve everything they get. I mean, there's no doubt I'm obviously not involved in clubs now. Marv can come in here that the managers have told them what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And they've told unacceptable going out. I mean, it's just whether you're in squads or not, you just can't go out now. You're 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 a grown and, and a lot of people <laughs> were looking for teams to be ducted, uh, deducted points. Now it's not the, it's not the clubs. They can't look after. They're not babysitters. They're grown boys, who the, the clubs need to have trust in their players that they're going to do the right thing. And it, it's just beyond belief for me that they they thought it's acceptable to go out, to go to a party. And as I said, I'm not picking on the Rangers boys because bowling goalies was probably the worst. But the Aberdeen boys as well. They deserve everything they get, and they, they'll just have to take it on the chin whether they'll get get back in the Rangers squad I would very much doubt, that, doubt do, you, do you think there might be a little loan deal coming their way well I think I think there will yes I think there will um, unless there's injuries but I think I think Stevie and Gary and the coaching staff will make a stance and just it's unacceptable for Rangers and listen Rangers are in a good position just now so they don't need them um, they've got a big enough squad they've got a good enough squad um, so um but, as I said, it's just mind-blowing for me that players would do that. Yeah, they were peripheral uh, figures maybe even before this. They certainly are that. And a little bit more uh, now, those two, Edmondson and Jones. At Rangers, you're listening to Rob McLean and Darren Jackson and Marvin Bartley on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Chris Sutton is next. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go! 
Yeah, tonight with Rob McLean, Marvin Bartley and Darren Jackson in the studio. Looking back on last night, well, a disappointing result. Obviously, Israel won, Scotland nil, but we're still in the mood for celebration on the back of what happened uh, last Thursday night in Serbia. Scotland heading uh, for those glamour games next summer in the European Championship finals. That does sound good. It still sounds good. And we're looking ahead as well to the return of Premiership football at the weekend. Saturday Dundee United and Hamilton Hibbs against Celtic at Easter Road could be a cracker Kilmarnock against Ross County Marv's Livingston against St Mirren Saturday and St Johnston against Motherwell big match on Sunday as well 12 o'clock at Ibrox for Rangers and Aberdeen how big a test will that be I wonder for unbeaten Stephen Gerrard and company if you want to join us on the show 0808 17 17 700 uh, texting 874 17 Go and your message on that number and on the socials at Go Football Show. And welcome to the show, Chris Sutton. Good evening, Rob. How are you? Yep, not bad, thank you. Yeah, very well. Good man. Former Celtic striker, of course, one of the most passionate pundits around and certainly passionate about a subject which couldn't be closer to his heart, the connection between heading the ball and dementia. And uh, Chris, you're spearheading a campaign just launched this week by the, the Daily Mail looking for more action to be taken to to tackle football-related uh, dementia. And of course, for you, it's all very personal because it all stems uh, from your dad, Mike, who's suffered and is suffering badly. Yep, um, you know that's right, and I think that the uh, you know the headline on the back of the Mail uh, Daily Mail yesterday says it all really with regards to trying to tackle uh, dementia in football. Enough is enough. Uh, this is this has been ongoing for years. When you talk about the the, the death of Jeff, Jeff Astle and uh, and his daughter uh, Dawna's campaign for for many many years uh, on this, uh, we, we saw the death of of Nobby Styles not so long ago, um, which, you, you know, highlighted the issue again, certainly down south, and uh, and Bobby Charlton coming out as, as being diagnosed with dementia again, and people sit up and notice, and I've been campaigning for a while on this, and the frustration has been, Rob, that every three or four months a high-profile name um, comes out and is recognised to have Alzheimer's or dementia, and then, and then there's a little bit of a push and it hasn't got anywhere. What we feel at the moment um, with with the seven-point charter uh, that the Daily Mail have proposed is that we are getting good momentum this uh, this time. You know, the likes of, of Gary Lineker have given the campaign uh, its backing. And, and you know what? It, you, the, the charter isn't asking for the world. All the points on the charter are really achievable. Um, and, and I'll just go through a couple of the points now. The first four points are about are about funding essentially, and the PFA and the FA to, to fund more independent research. Because the truth is, is both those organisations haven't done enough. They talk a good game. Well, they actually need to, to, to back up the talk this time because they have neglected um, families, uh, ex-players. We heard uh, John Stiles talking on television today. He called it a scandal and a disgrace. And I don't think he's far wrong with those words. And the last uh, three points are really, and it'll be interesting to hear the, you know, the guys you on this uh, in in the studio. Um, really, there's a, there's a call for dementia to be recognised as an industrial disease. Um, and point six is about the the ridiculous 
substitution. Uh, well, there is the, the ridiculous concussion substitution replacements, which aren't in place in football, where they are in other sports. So in rugby, if a player gets a head knock, then he goes off the pitch and there's an independent doctor who, who will check him out thoroughly. And in the meantime, while, while he's getting a check, a substitute can go on and take his place. Why is football so far behind with this? The health of players is, is of paramount importance. That's a common sense rule. And the, and the last one is to limit uh, heading in training, not in games. We're not asking for a ban on heading. Limit heading in training for, uh, to 20 headers per session as a maximum and a minimum of 48 hours between sessions. So just to clarify, we're not asking for a ban on heading. We're just saying reduce the risk. Now, we do know um, that, that uh, in under-11s football that, that uh, there's a ban on heading. But what happens after 11 years old. What happens when players go through the teens? And I don't know whether the guys were the same as me, but when I went to Norwich City as a youngster, I used to go out and head tens and dozens of balls every afternoon because I wanted to get better. Had I known back then what I know now through Willie Stewart and the University of Glasgow's uh, research, then I certainly wouldn't have done the volume and I, I, I would have simply stopped. So all we're saying is at this moment in time, we do need more research into this, but what we're saying is lessen the load, reduce the risk. This is this is a common sense approach. There is no downside to this charter, so we're just saying to the footballing authorities, you know, get on board with this. Marv, is that something you're aware of as a current player, the, the damage you're potentially doing to yourself by hitting the ball? I hadn't been uh, really aware of it probably until the last four or five years. Um, and, and as Chris has said there, it's become more and more in the, in the public eye. Um, and it is scary, you know, when you do when you do read up on it. And you know, I think to myself, I've been playing football for a very, very long time. And, and as Chris touched on there, when he was younger at Norwich, you know, I, when I was maybe thirteen or fourteen, one of the actual sessions we used to do was the centre forwards were up one end, and they were getting constant crosses in to head her in, and and the defensive players were just getting balls kicked up in the air to them to head her away. Now, you know, when you when you see the knock on effect that can have on you and later on in life, you know, it's not acceptable. And something does need to be done because, you know, it's, it's affecting far too many people now. So we need to almost protect the, the future generations um, because, as Chris said, it can be avoided. You know, we don't need to be doing it in, in training um, as often as they are, especially as, as young kids. You know, there's no need for it. So it's something that I'm more aware of now and, and, and it's quite a scary thought, if I'm honest. And Chris, you, you look at the, the figures... Uh, the the obscene figures really financially that come into the the English game in particular uh, and how much they're spending on on research into dementia yeah and then people only have to make their own minds up for this I think over the last couple of seasons the PFA have have, uh, had 55 million pounds in in television revenue and they have spent just over £300,000 on dementia testing. The head of the PFA, Gordon Taylor, earns over £2 million a year. They've, they've spent £555,000 on fund managers. Now, come on. You know, people need to make their own mind up about this. Are they doing enough? They, I keep hearing I keep hearing them claim you know, they're doing plenty, but it isn't the case. And you only had to hear John Stiles, Nobby Stiles' son, talk on television just this morning to... To, to show what he thought of that. And a lot of people are thinking it. And, and all we're saying to the PFA and the FA now is, come on, you need to act. So it's up to them, really, to, to, to come out and show the hand and say whether they're going to back this. Because I think most people, across certainly across the footballing world, are saying this is a common-sense 
approach. I uh, interviewed Jeff Hurst today, who, who's, who's backing this campaign, uh, the, the brilliant player. He wasn't. He was talking about the heading, which they used to do at, at West Ham, the heading drills, you know, uh, head tennis, and they had a ball uh, attached to a roof in the gym, and they used to go in and practice for 45 minutes. And all we're saying is, and, and Marvin touched on it uh, brilliantly, we're saying, well, do you know what? It's not, you know, my, my dad's going to die from this. And, 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 you know, that's that's not in doubt. I, I really don't know how long he is going to last and he's dying the most horrible death. He's, you know, he doesn't know how to, how to eat. He doesn't know how to drink. He lies on his back in a nappy all day and it, just just wetting himself. That's, that's his end years. My dad was a strong man, a proud man. And, you know, a, a real character. He was a, he was a good footballer in, in the area which I live. He was really well respected as a, as a, as a PE teacher and people thought highly of him. And, and he's dying the most humiliating death. And I defy anybody, uh, you know, who, who, who had a, you know, a parent or a relation like that who, who wouldn't feel angry about this? And then my my mum wrote an article for the yeah, I read that, yeah. talking about uh, you know the the care which uh, you know she she had to give him, and it became impossible for her, and she had suicidal thoughts. And I understand that, and I knew at the time, I knew at the time how difficult it was, because this isn't about forgetting your car keys. This isn't about uh, mislaying your glasses case. This is. This is, you know, it, it, it's got gradually worse and worse and worse where she had to lock my dad in. My dad couldn't, you know, toilet in different areas of the house. It's, it was like looking after a baby and it became impossible for her. And all we're saying to the authorities is just, you know, give these families a hand. You know, we're talking about respite care. So there's a lot of, uh, of, of former players whose wives are looking after their husbands who are doing this seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and they cannot cope. And we're just saying, well, come on, PFA, you know, you, you, you have a bottomless pit at this moment in time. Uh, you know, give, give, give these, these wives a break for a few hours a day because little things like that are so, so important. We are not asking for the world with this charter. We're just asking that there are things which can be done which can make a huge, huge difference which haven't been done in the past, and, and these families have been neglected. Chris mentioned Willie Stewart there, Darren, an expert in the field who's on our own doorstep. Are, are, mm. are we taking it seriously in, in Scottish football? Um, well, to be truthful, Rob, I don't, don't know if we're taking it seriously enough, but listening to Chris and my best friend, one of my best friends, David Bowman's dad, um, died of it. And, it's, oh. and, and I feel for families that, and Chris will relate, you lose if it's your mum or your... But this is, we're talking about football, his dad, you lose them twice. Yeah. You lose them twice when they, they, they get it and then obviously when they die. So it's it's absolutely heartbreaking and I think I think Chris is right. It's 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 not the person that, that's... They are, like, I'm not saying they're not suffering, but it's it's the families that you, you need to look after because what, they, what they're going through. And Chris will know that... The, the, in England, they get 5% of every domestic transfer. And Chris said they've got millions and millions of pounds and they put it into other things. Something mm. needs to be done now. Something really needs to be done for, for this, to, to, as Chris said, for a respite, for to take them away, look after them, let the families have 
have a, a, a day, two days on, on their own to try and, because it's, it's I, f- I find it hard listening to, I, I saw Chris's, uh, Chris, I saw your interview on um, BT and everyone everyone knows that <laughs> you, you probably, um, you're a big, hey, hard, hard guy, but when it's when it's your when yeah, it's, it's your personal, dad, it's yeah. a personal thing. Nothing you, you hold nothing back, and it was it was it was it's heartbreaking to watch, and it's heartbreaking to listen to. So I I definitely think now in Scotland, can we find the money? Do we have the money to really go into the the research? But in England, they do have the money, and I think something needs to be done. And what you're talking okay. about, as you said, Chris, I mean, you're, you're talking about achievable targets, very achievable targets in terms of that, that seven-point charter that, that's been laid down this week. Yes, I am. And, you know, I mean, you're all, you're all sensible uh, guys. And I, I don't know, you know, whether, you, whether you've all got children. But, but, but the point about this is, you know, if you knew that, that if you know that heading can damage your health, which it clearly has done to my dad, and, and, and I think that the... That the the, the three of us uh, who played, you know that uh, there's nothing we can do about that. We can't we we can't take back the, the, all the times we've had head knocks and all the times we've had at footballs. But we can affect what happens to our children yeah, yeah. and and uh, and future generations. So just by taking this this preventative measure in training, what is the downside of that? I don't I don't I don't understand what is what that there is a downside. Of that, and 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 that's the whole point about this charter. This can only benefit future generations. So surely that's what we we should be doing. And the concussion replacement thing is just madness that it hasn't come into football. If you know, if 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 you asked any any football player, any football fan, they would say the same thing. Why are we so behind with these things? This is this is just a common sense issue. Let's look after the players' safety. And you know what? You're not going to be disadvantaged because you're you're putting a replacement on anyway. But the player can get checked out properly. You know these. Um, you know the, the the talk about action and 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 funding is all well and good. And of course, I back that. But we don't need to keep talking about it. We need to do it. And that is has been my frustration over the last few years. And and God only knows how Dawn Astle has has carried on her campaigning. I, I speak to her regularly. She has ferociously campaigned for years, you know, and, and, and felt so lonely with this. But we are getting somewhere now. So, you know, we need to see it through. But ultimately, we can talk about it all day, uh, Rob, you know, me and, and the guys in the studios and yourself. But it's up, uh, it's up to the authorities out yeah. there to actually listen and do something about it. And it's about time they did. Yep, here, here to that. Um, it, it is a, a chapter in your, your book as well, which which was published recently. Chris, you're better than that, it's called, which I believe is a catchphrase of yours, how to fix modern football. Um, not, not a small ambition, that one. Um, I'm holding the book up just for effect here. I'm not sure that works on the radio, but I, I thought I'd do it anyway, uh, just to prove that I had read it. Um, some of the chapters, stop the pointless rule changes, VAR needs sorting or shelving, stop fleecing the fans, put away the smartphones at the match which Moy El Yunusi might have something uh, to say yeah. about having done the very same thing recently make post-match interviews more honest um, 
it's it's a it is an entertaining book, and and but it, but it has a message as well. There's a section about uh, interestingly enough about Tom top ten best value players. Um, we'd Murdo McLeod on the show recently, actually talking about that famous year in charge with Vim Janssen and the signing of Henrik Larsson, who maybe not surprisingly uh, for those of you listening is selected by by Chris as the the best value player of of all time. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what the guys think. I mean, it's you know, I mean, it's very, very subjective. But I think uh, what you know, what it, I can't remember what Celtic spent on him. Six fifty. Six fifty. Yeah. Six fifty. Yeah. I mean that that is you know that's remarkable to think that they spent that on him and and, and what he achieved. I mean, at the time when when Celtic um, slashed out that sort of money. They did. I suppose they were wondering whether they got a return, and I think it's fair to say they got a pretty good one. But the, <laughs> I mean that that whole section. I mean, you know, I mean it, it wasn't an easy one because I had Virgil Van Dyke in there at, uh, at seventy-five million, which is a lot of money from Southampton to Liverpool. But you can't say he wasn't worth, uh, you know, that fee because he's gone on to win the Champions League and, uh, and, and Liverpool have gone on to win the Premier League. As well with that, so it's subjective. It's about it's about opinions, and uh, as the whole book is, and uh, you know the 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 sort of difference uh, with this book to to many other books, if there is one, is that you know I like a sort of a rant and a moan about <laughs> things, and plenty of the things are, are, are tongue in cheek, but I do try and offer solutions, and you might you know not always agree with them, but uh, and and there's there, there's some lighthearted and there's there's you know some very serious subjects like dementia but um, and one of the chapters was about uh colored boots different colored boots which <laughs> players wear now back in the in the day i think you know marvin's a, a little bit younger than me and um and darren but i was always nervous to wear a a, a, a different coloured boot other than black because I was I didn't have a trick I didn't have a step over <laughs> that's why i got black does, boots now <laughs> it does draw attention to you a bit doesn't it yeah, and it does. And, and the point about that is, I think I think a lot of younger players, or necessarily younger players, there are players playing the game now, who are more worried about what they wear. You know, whether they've got their hair bleached, whether they've got a hair band in, and tattoos, and and what have you. And by the time they've got themselves ready for a corner kick, and and are looking whether the shin pads are right, <laughs> the sweatbands are on, and the, the boots, and they're looking all good, the guy runs off and scores with a header. So uh, you know, there's a. There's a sort of point, you know, a point to all these things. Sutty, Sutty, I'm, I'm, I'm with you with that, the, the, the coloured boots. That I, I'm old school. And yes, see if your, your sponsor gives you coloured boots, I, I don't mind wear them. But I, I remember being at a club and I was speaking to the, the academy manager and I said mm. to him, why don't you bring in that they can, only, they can only wear black boots until they get into the first team? And he said, yeah. we, we tried it, Chris. And... We, but we had parents phoning the FA, complaining because their kids weren't allowed to wear coloured boots. Wow. Now that just really? blew, that, that blew me away. Honestly, that just I just thought to myself, the game's gone. Yeah. The game's yeah. gone. That they had they had I'm to wear, they had to wear coloured boots. Yeah. Um, so, but there's loads of other things, Chris. Socks above the knees and tape round the wrist, and uh, but we could we yeah, could that, go that, on could and be, on. that could be volume two of the book, <laughs> which, can, I'm, which I'm sure which, and on, which I'm sure it, it could be our age, Chris. Yeah, which I'm sure you're. I mean, you're only Chris. You're only working about eight days a week, so you'll have time to start an, another book. I would have thought. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's, listen, we, listen. Really good to have you on the show, uh, and we wish you uh, the best of luck with with, with the campaign. Uh, so much support behind you, uh, and I think it's. I feel like it's growing by the day. Yeah. Thank you very much. Good Thanks, luck, guys. Good luck. Thank you.
That was Chris Sutton on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited and uh, lots of chat to come. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go! It's felt like a really long international break. Don't know about you. Maybe because Scotland had three games in a week and we were yet again aboard that emotional roller coaster last Thursday night. Uh, qualification for the European Championship finals by beating Serbia, uh, followed by a couple of defeats. Uh, disappointing to lose, but um, we're making big progress under Stevie Clark. So at the end of that international break, it's the return of Premiership football at the weekend. Saturday, Dundee United against Hamilton, Hibs Celtic, Kilmarnock Ross County, Livingston St Mirren, St Johnston versus Motherwell. And the Sunday lunchtime match is Rangers against Aberdeen. So looking back on last night in Israel, heard earlier from Stevie Clark, the manager. Uh, let's hear from Callum McGregor uh, on his take on that defeat last night. You know, we certainly created enough chances to, to win the game. You know, disappointing on the goal in terms of coming from our corner kick, uh, our throw-in, sorry, and then, you know, they get a counter-attack goal. Um, and we felt like we largely controlled the first half. So, you know, disappointing in that factor and to, and to lose the game. But we certainly created enough chances to, to win. That was Celtic midfielder Callum McGregor on the result last night. Let's talk to Ryan on the Go Radio Hi. Football Show. Hi, Ryan. Hi, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Uh, how did you enjoy or not last night? No, I didn't enjoy it at all. I, I, I think Scotland's went took a step back. I mean, Thursday night was all great, but if we'd got beat on Thursday night and then we had two games to get a was it, qualification spot for the World Cup, two games, maybe one win and a draw, happy days, but nah, it was, to me it was just rubbish. We should have, we should have took our chances, you know. If you look at if you look at the game with Spain against Germany, they were three 0 up, and they were still wanting to score. We can't even we're not even getting a goal. I mean, if we come up against England and Croatia in our Euros, good night, Scotland. <laughs> Darren rubbish. <laughs> I think you're being being a little bit harsh there. And 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 one thing I'll just say is that you said if we didn't win on Thursday we did win on Thursday night so that's a massive massive positive I do understand what you're saying it, it was, the, the chances we created and we didn't take weren't, weren't good enough I don't think the performance was really bad um, I think we controlled the game in, in, in sections of the, the, um, the, the game but um, I don't think it was really bad but you're right we're going to go and play England we're going to go and play Croatia which isn't going to be another a few steps up to to Slovakia and Israel and I do you're right we should yeah. I think we should be beating Slovakia and Israel now because I think mm -hmm. we've, we've we've progressed mm. and, and we showed that in the Serbia game now I'd spoken to Tommy Johnston who, who is on the Northern Ireland coaching staff who had played Norway and he said Norway were absolutely brilliant and seemingly Serbia battered Norway so I was I was expecting Serbia to be a real good side they didn't play as well as I thought they were going to play but is that down to Scotland being good in the game and as I said they dominated and they, for to go away from home I think Marvel know even in, in that Premier League game going, to, going away from home and dominate a game for 8 to 9 minutes is very hard now yeah. our problem but listen our problem through the years Scotland have never scored loads of goals through the years Rob so yeah. it's not a new thing no. we'll win we'll win the game 1-0, 2-1, maybe 3-1 sometimes. So it's not a new thing. But you're right, the strikers will look, or the people who have had the chances will look and say, 
I, sh- I should have actually I should have done better there Lee Griffiths uh, Stevie Clark said if you want anybody to drop uh, the ball he dropped in the box on his left foot is Lee Griffiths yeah. and he just didn't connect in the first, and against Slovakia he's had a great strike the goalkeepers there's nothing you can do about that the goalkeepers had a, a save to make I don't I'll kind of disagree to a little bit I don't think it was rubbish but the standards we've set it could have been better there was a moment in the match, Ryan, last night, maybe just 10 or 12 minutes in, when Ryan Christie took a shot on at goal, right-footed shot that was was high and wide. Just a split second earlier, he looked to have the chance to, to play in Lyndon Dykes for what would have been a, a great chance for him to score. I, I, I just had the feeling at the time that that could have been a completely different game had that gone in. Yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I would agree. I mean, but I, just, I just think... I agree with what Darren's saying as well, but I just if you guys... We've got these quality players now that are playing in big teams, Celtic, Rangers, Arsenal, Man United. I think we should be expecting better now. We shouldn't be not fearing, like, oh, oh Scotland will beat one and it's, that's it. We should be expecting these things now. And I agree with you, if we went on and scored, uh, it would probably be a different game. But I, I, I would have thought we would have got a win over, over, the, over the, the previous two games because of the confidence we would have had being on such a high of winning on Thursday night. But it wasn't to be. Marv, are you able to give us a balanced reaction? <laughs> Again, I think I think Ryan is being a bit harsh, and I understand. You know, <laughs> you're expecting to win games, and and saying you know Scotland have got players playing in big teams, but also if you look at the style Scotland are now playing, it's something that's quite new to them, and and all these big players mm. that are being put together in a new formation, it's still quite you know a bed and in period. It's 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 the it's the baby stage of it all, and you're playing against an Israel team who've had those boys together for for a long long time. Um, you know, a lot of them played in the, 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 the actual local league together before obviously going out to other places in Europe. So it's not an easy place to go to. And we spoke earlier about the weather and I know people think, oh, well, if it's warmer, it should be easier to play football. <laughs> not when they're used to it and, and you're not. You know, you saw at times yesterday some of the Scotland players were, were really breathing heavy. And, and these are, are real young, fit athletes. Um, so, so you have to take all things like that into consideration. Um, I, I get the disappointment. Um, but as I said earlier, you know, international football, you can't just expect to, to go and beat uh, teams because... You know, it's more of a level playing field, and especially when you've got like the A and the B B side of things now as well. You know, there's there's not teams that you know when you used to see San Marino getting beat eight and nine nil and stuff like that. Those days are gone because they're trying to make the the competition a, a lot lot closer when you are playing against international teams. And it's never going to be plain sailing all the way, is it, Ryan? Are you know, you know, is it not inevitable that Scotland will get a blip or two along the way? As as long as you feel as if the underlying uh, trend is progress, but but I'm I'm not sure you're thinking that. Oh well, I am. I, I can see that. I can see the progress. But as I said, I think we should be expecting better performances now against these teams. Because if you look through the years, Rob, we've we we it's like like we played France years ago. We beat them twice, and then we went away to Georgia, and then got beat. All yeah. we needed was a win. And it's like we do good against the big teams, but we don't do good against the wee teams. And that in football, you guys know that that counts. It all counts for to move on to the next stage, the next step. Yeah. And Robert, I, just, again. I, just, I just expect a bit better eh? I just, <laughs> we, all, we all expect uh, better <laughs> right? but uh, as again um, over the course of Scotland over the years we've always done better being underdogs um, mm. e- even in, in, in my time um, when we were the underdog we, we always could, could produce a result but and, and again Marvin will agree here getting the first goal in games is, is massive um, especially like the third game when they have been away to try and get in front rather than having to chase the game 
um, makes it a lot more difficult and, and when they did get in front and we were chasing the game that's when we were looking a wee bit more tired and obviously yeah. more vulnerable at the back as well Anyway Ron keep the faith and Stevie Clark we trust Aye <laughs> Yeah let, let's hope so and we've got those European Championship finals to look forward to let's celebrate Scotland qualifying for a major finals Thanks for your call Ryan News at yeah. 6 on the way and now another hour of football chat to come the Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go, go, go. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. Scotland are rubbish, said Ryan before the news at six. It's amazing how quickly the complexion changes. Uh, just a week after we qualified for our first ever major finals in 23 years. Uh, but the two games subsequently clearly haven't gone down well with him. Uh, Scotland losing in Slovakia, losing last night in Israel. More reaction to that one to come. And we look ahead as well, of course, to the return of the Premiership, return of the title race uh, this weekend with Celtic against Hibs at Easter Road on Saturday Rangers at home to Aberdeen at Ibrox on Sunday lunchtime also Dundee United against Hamilton Kilmarnock Ross County Livingston against St Mirren and uh, St Johnston against Motherwell and hearing all those Scottish fixtures coming up this weekend will be bringing a tear to the eye of our next guest live to Connecticut. I don't think we've said that in the show so far in our uh, three or four months alive. Craig Burley on the line. Hi, Craig. You've tracked me down, McLean. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered where you'd been these last seven or eight years, but we've uh, we found you in, in the United States. So, uh, so that the house is going to have to go up for sale and I'm going to have to move to... Guatemala or somewhere just to try and try again. Either either Guatemala or Cumnock. Yeah, well, but but similarities are there. <laughs> Indeed. How are you? How how is life in the United States football punditry business? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, we're good. Very cold at the moment. We're in the East Coast, just coming into the East Coast winter time, which is uh, which is a five month shutdown for golf. So as you know, that's. Uh, mm. That's a that's a pain in the butt because we just it gets so cold here. But but yeah, just busy working away, you know, upsetting the Americans now as well as the Scottish. I just like to it's a universal, it's a global uh, pandemic of upsetting people, uh, Rob. So yeah, yeah, just getting on with my job, mate. You know, and uh, and try, trying to uh, remain uh, positive. Yeah, you've been upsetting the audience for a long, long time. Um, were you were you yeah. celebrating? Uh, well, it was last Thursday night with us. Not sure what time it was with you when Scotland beat Serbia. Yeah, yeah, I was. We actually have the rights, so I was in the studio, ah. uh, and so we we we're, we're the exclusive rights holders to the Euros. So we will be covering uh, Scotland and all the other teams uh, come next summer, wherever that tournament may be. But uh, yeah, so I was in Bristol at our campus. And just sort of watching it unfold, and and you know, I, I, I couldn't believe how pedestrian Serbia were, particularly in the first half. And I thought, you know what? Because I, I didn't, I wasn't sure I fancied Scotland before the game because they, they certainly weren't favourites. But but once the game started, I thought, bloody hell, they, they, the boys, they've got a chance here. And and so 
you know, they defended brilliantly. The goalkeeper was excellent. Uh, you know, uh, Ryan Christie was fantastic. I thought he played really, really well and he took his goal well. And the penalties, Rob, I mean, I, I have never seen, and I, I've never seen such good penalties under such pressure. Put it that way, you know, because when you're walking up to take a penalty kick, right, you know you could be the one that blazes it over the bar and it's your fault that Scotland are not going to a major championship for the first time in 22 years. How, how do you compute that amount of pressure? It, yet, and yet these boys, step, and include a couple of substitutes, McBurney and Griffiths, these guys yeah. stepped up and slotted those pens away as if it was like the League Cup first round. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, it was quite, I mean, it, it took some amount of guts. Yeah, five against Israel in the semi-final, five against Serbia, yeah. 10 out of 10. Those are the only penalty shootouts uh, Scotland have been involved in. So, so, it's, so it's pretty incredible. I mean, you know Stevie Clark well, don't you? You're a former teammate of his at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's given me many a rollickings, uh when he overlapped me and I blanked him. Uh, and he always used to say, flip me in, flip me in. I was like, no, no, I'll cut, I'm going to cut inside and score. And So we had, you know, we had a really good time at Chelsea. He's a, you know, he's, you know, he's earned his stripes in coaching and managing. You know, he worked under Mourinho's and many, many others, and he managed himself. And I, I, I thought, you know, apart from the great job he did at Command, like I thought he was really unlucky to lose his job at West Brom. I thought he did a terrific job at West Brom. Because the, fir- you know, the first season there, there, first season there, I think they finished ninth, eighth or ninth, and it was the high, yeah. highest position in about 30-odd years. Well, and, and, and ownership get, get impatient because they want to be the next Leicester City, and, and you know, they want to... They think they can topple the big guys, and and so they're always searching. And you know they know the business, the managers. And but it, but I thought he was really unlucky. And obviously the job he did at Kamala, my God, what was the budget? A packet of Monster Munch and a bottle of Iron Brew. <laughs> I don't think and it was I as mean, high as that. No, it was not. It was not as much as that. And what he did there, and I I actually thought it was a risk for him taking the Scotland job. And what I mean by that is, you know, all these guys that have come and gone before him, they're not bad managers. They're not, right? Maybe maybe some people think they are, but most of them, if not all of them, they're not bad managers and they've all been in that graveyard that is the Scotland job. And so, in some sense, it was a risk because there was other club jobs, I'm sure, available for him. So, But he stuck his neck out, he took it, and he's got the job done. So I messaged him on... Uh, what, what day was the game? Thursday? Well, yeah, I messaged him yeah. the, day after the a day, day after the game. So he took a bit of time to get back to me because... He had to check out how much the cost of sending a text to the United <laughs> States was, because you know how you know how tight he is. And he got back to me, and uh, you know he's obviously very, very pleased. And there's a big opportunity for him. Can I hear a twang there, Butler? Can I hear an American twang. twang? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Amen. Appreciate it. All, hey, all, hey, man. <laughs> all, all, all I'm saying is, I hope Scotland go to this what this major championship for a better number ten. Then we went to France 98 with, eh, Jacko? <laughs> yeah, you're right, mate. But listen, I think you're 100% right about Stevie taking the job and you're saying about the, the managers before him. I mean, it was Gordon Schrack and Alex McLeish and Walter Smith. Three excellent yeah. managers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, well, and, and, and they, the they, way, they probably... Craig, they, I, don't, I, I, I don't think Craig... You know, people, Craig Levine got scorned, but, you know, Craig Levine, the end, OK, he might have made some mistakes, but who, who hasn't? But but Craig Levine, you know, he went, he got, he got the Leicester job because he did a great job at Hearts. He got cut there, he came back, he rebuilt his stock at Dundee United, and, and so he absolutely deserved an opportunity. And so these guys, in general, are not, you know, they're not bad managers, but it's been 
it's been a real hot seat, hasn't it? No, it has, yeah, without doubt. I mean, and a poison chalice at the, at the time, but I think he's he's stamped his authorities. He's, he's he's got a game plan, and he's wanted to go three at the back. We were lucky enough to play we, with Craig. We played three at the back, and luckily Butler got put out to the right wing back. He, and he, he, loved, because, he loves because, wing back because didn't he? they wanted a real good centre midfield <laughs> player in there, and myself. Um, but um, he's going three at the back, and listen. I didn't think, and you're probably going to go on about what Barry was giving me stick about. I didn't think he would go with that back three, um, but he did, and they were, and they were fantastic. And Craig, I'll, 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 I'll agree. I would imagine I'll agree. They look as though when we went away with Scotland, it was like a club side rob mm. because everybody got on so well, and they look as though they've got that now. They look as though. Hey, I, t- hey, I, I, I tell you how much I've changed, Jacko. Have you ever heard me been so positive about so many no. managers in one? What's happened? What's happened to you? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm gonna, they're bringing I mean, I'm the smelling salts in, Butler, just to make sure we. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to up my game here. I'm gonna, I mean, I'll, I'll, I want to be the number one most hated man in punditry. If, if I'm, if I topple off that, I'm struggling. Listen, so, destruction used you know, to be your thing. Well, that's it. Just get the crash helmet on and get in there and do your job. You know I, mean? I, I would I, imagine he's, I, I not, he's, he's not saying that because he knows um, Stevie. He's saying that because the job he has done. Yeah. There isn't, there, there, out, without doubt, he's, he's done a, an absolutely brilliant job to get us there. It was there. You're looking no. and saying, will we, will we ever qualify again? It didn't look like... And listen, as I said, I didn't fancy us against Serbia. But the way they played... Craig was absolutely right. The way we played and the way we took the game to them was was brilliant for an away game. And Craig, did did you believe in Stevie Clark even even when the some of the performances were pretty brutal and and even the results weren't right either? No, I, it's not that I didn't believe in Stevie. I just thought I, I thought this generation were going to see another manager following his up. <laughs> I mean. What what have we seen in the last umpteen years to tell us otherwise? And that's the way. It looked like it might might be going, but you know, at the end of the day, listen, they got Serbia on a poor night. Scotland did what, what they they had to do. Look, Rob, they're not they're not ever going to dominate decent teams and create a bundle of chances. Stevie Clark knows that, you know, and I think the the supporters know that. So they're going to have to try and get the job done a different way. And I, and also the other thing is, I heard some people talking three or four months ago about, well, you know, if if you know, if Stevie wants to go with a back four, maybe one of Robertson or, or Tierney are going to have to sit out. And I'm thinking, hold oh, on, bang your head in the wall here. <laughs> you know, when you've got two players of that calibre, you've got to find a way to get them into the team and get a shape around it. And that's that's what Stevie did. I've got to say about Tierney, I think Tierney, out of the two, is the more flexible. I think Robertson arguably is a better wing-back, left-back. But, but Tierney can do all those jobs. He can play in a left side centre back in a four, he can play it in a three, he can play full back and he can play wing back. And because of that flexibility that Kieran Tierney gives Arsenal and Scotland uh now, that makes uh, Stevie's job uh a wee bit easier. Let, let me tell you about playing in a back three. I, I was six foot three when I first started under Brownie. I was five <laughs> foot eight when I finished. That's how hard it is. I heard him on a podcast recently. I heard him on a podcast he said I just told Burley, I just told Burley, he'll be playing wing-back in that set. And I thought, what a load of cods wallop that is. He said nothing of the kind. He, he can't half-turn the story, old Brownie. 
Thanks, thanks for saying Cod's wallop and not getting us taken off air there. That was good. Um, well, I was thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly. I could, I could read your mind at the time as well. Um, yeah. do, do you think that your record as the last Scot to score in a major finals is going to go in one of those three games in the summer? I, I don't care. The only one I want to go is the last one to be sent off. <laughs> with, blonde, so with, blonde, somebody... with blonde hair. Yeah. If, listen, listen. If one of, the, if, one of the, if one of those boys doesn't dye their hair blonde and make themselves look an idiot I'll be so disappointed let me tell you so somebody's going to have to step up but but look I, I think the chances are the answer to the goal scoring one Rob would be yes although Scotland are not the most prolific and I've just touched on that a little bit earlier um, you know to go there and not get a goal would be a hell of a disappointment wouldn't it I mean the Czech Republic game would be the obvious one you would think um, England game's obviously the biggest they're not the best defensively that's their Achilles heel, but they're the super side going forward. Uh, and Croatia have... They're a good side, Croatia, but they've regressed a little bit from the World Cup final a couple of years ago. You know, Rakitic, Modric, Brozovic, all these guys are a little bit older. The back line um, is, is changing as well. So there's an opportunity for Scotland to go there and com- be competitive. Jack will tell you, we when we went to France 98, we honestly felt... We believe we could get out of the group. We, we did, even though we had Brazil in the first game. We believed we could get out of the group, and the driving force for that squad was let's be the first Scotland team to get out of the group at a major championship. So we thought we could do it against Morocco, which was our poorest game. As it turned out, it wouldn't have mattered because Norway beat Brazil yeah, and went yeah. through anyway. But I think you've got to go there with the, the, the hope that somehow you can get out of the group. And that's that's a good starting point. But but just for these boys, uh, Rob, to go there and experience it, and also for the, the the media and the fans, because let's be honest, the media and you know people in my job and your job and written journalism and, and radio and all and TV, they just love going to these big tournaments. It's it's just yeah. it's just such a good time for everybody. Um, London Dykes is we were just talking about earlier on the show London Dykes is really central to, to what, what Scotland are, are doing uh, we've got his, his old teammate Marvin Bartley in the studio with us the Livy Livy skipper uh, and Marv I mean just stratospheric sort of improvement that he's made in the last couple of months it's been massive well you say that last couple of years I mean yeah. Queen's Park he's playing left midfield about two years ago and now he's you know, going to European Championships with Scotland and like you said he's central to everything going forward um, you know, I saw a few people saying about, oh, I'm not sure if Lyndon's going to get enough goals for Scotland, but his job's slightly different now. You know, as, as a number nine, he's being hit on a diagonal and it's for people like John McGinn, uh, Callum McGregor, Ryan Fraser, Ryan Christie to run off him. Um, so, you know, maybe Lyndon isn't going to score, you know, a bag full of goals, but he's a perfect foil for those players, you know, and to get Scotland up the pitch. And he's absolutely brilliant at doing it. You know, as, as long as he keeps working hard at his game and, and, and keeps on improving, you know, Scotland have got a, a really, really good player on their hands. Is he one that's taken you by surprise, Craig? I haven't seen a lot of him, Rob, but, uh, you know, obviously I saw he was at Queen. I did a, a little look back at Queen. Did you do some research? I, well, I, I stumbled upon it, I think, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I read somewhere, somebody said to me, he didn't actually, he, when he was in Australia, you know, football wasn't his first sport. And so it, it, he had his mindset on, on other stuff. And I think he might have played Aussie rules and stuff like that. So he's a, he's a big, strong boy, isn't he? And, as um, Marvin said, he is a good foil because you know when Scotland are pinned back and under pressure, they look for that long ball and he, and he, he uses his physicality and then they can try and 
squeeze up and play off him. We, we didn't have that luxury because we had McCoy up front at times. <laughs> you know, when and 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 the trouble is, is, is Doc Hillis had to go on twice every half to check McCoy for a pulse. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we, we we didn't have that luxury of somebody running about. But uh, yeah, the, the interesting thing is as well now it's there's a you know a lot of guys going to be nervous about. You know, because you think about the World Cup in '98 that we went to. Gary McAllister was captain. He was a big part of Euro '96. He obviously missed that penalty against England. He bounced back brilliantly, and then was going to captain Scotland at the World Cup in the opening game against Brazil. And how much better does it get than that? And then he does his cruciate. He does his cruciate, and he's, he's out. And I, get a, and I get a game. <laughs> and, 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 and Jackson slips in the back door. So What's the number 10 jersey? Uh, the number 10. What was, it, what was your line? What was the line you said? Who was the number 10 for uh, Brazil? Rivaldo. He says, oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to say it. You don't need to say No, no. But, uh, but there you, so you do get nervous as a player because... You're now going to go through the rest of the season. You what? You know, you don't want to be, you know, slack for your club, and you don't want to be thinking about it too much. But it is in the back of your mind, you know, that, that oh, Jesus, Jesus, God, first time in twenty odd years, I don't want to get injured. I don't want to get this. I don't want to be missing it. I don't want to be left out. And so there's a lot to think about, which they've never had, which they haven't had for a long time. All they've had to think about is where they're going to go on holiday. Now they've got to think about playing for the clubs, being successful for the clubs. Making sure the form's good, so that Stevie Clark and his scouting staff are taking notice and staying clear of major injuries. Because, yeah, Butler, you know, Butler when you think you when you think that there was twenty six in the squad, Rob, and then there's Ryan Fraser and there's um, James, James, Fo- James Forrest, Forrest. Yep. and then when you look at the twenty ones, you've got McCrory, you've got Lewis Lewis Ferguson, Campbell, you've got Billy Gilmore, you've got Alan Campbell. You know what I mean? Fraser Hornby, Ryan Porteous, Ryan Porteous. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like. This is great for Stevie. Mm. I mean, there could be like 35, 36 players that he's going to be looking at that to, for 22-man squad. Yeah. So you know you're going to have to be on, on top of your game and that, that can only help your club as well. Yeah. Because you know your performance levels are going to... Listen, Stevie Stevie as a unit, he knows the players that, that he trusts and, and people will always get away with maybe a, a few bad performances and because he trusts them when they play for their country and they've done well for them in the past. Another but, an, another successful Ayrshireman. Who's that? <laughs> the sole coachman, Stevie Clark. Oh, so Clark, yeah, yeah, and I'm over here with another successful Ayrshireman from Troon, Stevie Nicholl. Ah, right, okay. Who, uh, you know, Stevie's over here working, he lives 10 minutes from me, so we work together, you know, and... Uh, Obviously, there's not many a better player than, than Stevie when he was in his height at, at Liverpool. So we've sat and I have to say, when he said in his head in his hands when the penalties were, but uh, when the boys were coming up to take the penalties, he says he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't watch. But uh, I know he's pleased as well. So it's yeah, yeah it's good for Stevie. Good for uh, they'll be celebrating in Salkos. <laughs> However, they're to do that in Salkos, I don't know, but I'm sure they'll be celebrating. Craig, lovely to hear from you. Take care of yourself and. Uh, Good to have you on the show. Have you, have you uh, just just before I go? Have you got my address? Uh, he, uh, just Connecticut. Well, is that is that enough? Craig Burley, oh, Connecticut. Yeah, that's all you need. Just ask anybody in Connecticut. Listen, that's listen, all you need. All I'm saying is, I don't care. Just put the check in the post and just say Craig Burley, Connecticut. I'll find its way to me. All right, I'll find it. I think you. I think you're, you're familiar. I think you're familiar with our level of payments. 
Oh, it's a level of payment. I'll buy you a pint when I see you. Exactly. Because you're liable never to see me again. No, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be across in the summer for the European finals. If I know you, if I know you, this has been reversed—a uh, reverse charge in this. Phone you've, call got it, well. you've got it. You've got it in one. You've got it in one. I'm, right. I'm glad you All understand. Right. Good. good to speak cheers, to you. Cheers, mate. Right. Cheers, Bella. All the best, Bye-bye. Craig Burley in Connecticut. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Another fast-moving football show with Rob McLean, Marvin Bartley, Darren Jackson, a couple of great guests on the line as well. Some powerful stuff from uh, Chris Sutton on the campaign to get more done in football uh, to deal with uh, dementia, football-related dementia issues. It's a campaign which is gathering momentum for sure. And uh, just a few minutes ago, we heard from Craig Burley uh, in Connecticut and we did wonder at times what was coming next from Madulling. He knew we had certainly didn't know and the the finger was on the bleep button thankfully <laughs> it wasn't required now Darren Jackson you've been wondering when I was going to get around to this um, pre-Scotland Serbia uh, you gave My us team. your uh, attempt at what the lineup was going to be yep. I think you got about three players right would that be right? Uh, no I think I got maybe about three wrong was that okay what, yeah. can you remember? yeah yeah I remember I, I had, had Cooper McKenna and Tierney in the back and I had I actually said I would play Stephen O'Donnell, but I thought he would have played. Uh, but I thought he would have played Palmer. We'll listen back to the tape just yeah, to check. Yes, yes, this I is true. Palmer, and in the middle of the park, um, I would have had, I had McTominay, um, McGregor, and McGinn and Christie off Dykes. Okay, so I, was, I, de- I definitely, I definitely had that. And Barry did make the call and said, "What about your team?" I said, yes. "That's what team I would have played." Yeah, I never said that's what team he would have picked. That's the team I would have played. I wasn't going to mention it at all, but yeah, he said, yeah, no, no, you've no, got, no, you've got yeah, to, you've got to wind up Jacko did, about he did, that. He did call me, yes, <laughs> he did call me. And I got, yes, I think I've probably got about, I think it was three, three or four wrong. Just yeah. just because he keeps getting it right, I think yeah. uh, probably wants to to throw that one in. Marv, how much are you looking forward to club football returning at the weekend? Well, we've been playing the cup games, obviously, so, but in terms yeah, of league sorry, football, league, yeah. yeah. Um, no, looking forward to it massively. You know, it's been a, a real slow start for us. Um in regards to the kind of the ambitions we had at the start of the season. Um, so it's a, it's a good time for us, you know, coming off the back of two good cup wins, um, going to the game against St Mirren and, you know, hopefully we can get a positive result because um, that's the plan and then kick on from there. OK, let's get someone one step closer to winning our PlayStation 5. PS5 aside on Go Radio with Indigo Unified Communications, making IT easy. Yeah, we've hooked up with Indigo Unified Communications, the team who make IT easy to give away a brand new PlayStation 5. It is in the building, I can tell you. Um, And it is the prize which will be decided by tomorrow's show. Uh, Also, the chance to win FIFA 21. Everyone who takes part gets that on board. One lucky person uh, is going to walk away with the PS5 on tomorrow's show if they win our game, PS5 Sides. And today's contestant on the back of earlier in the week, Chris and James and Stephen is Gary from the Gorbals, so not far at all from where we are, and he's a Celtic fan. Hi, Gary. How you doing, Rob? Good, thank you. Uh, how is the football knowledge? We're about to find out, but uh, how are you feeling about it? Uh, well, I'm quite quizzical, um, but I'm, I'm not wanting to build myself up too much in case <laughs> I don't get tricked. <laughs> Does quizzical mean good at quizzes? Yeah, well, I watch, uh, I watch a lot of the quizzes on TV, like the chase and tip point and that sort of thing, so... And you respond good, You respond well to pressure? Yeah, yeah, I would say so, yeah. 
And you're a Celtic fan, so are you looking forward to the return of the Premiership this weekend? Yeah, it was, it was good. Uh, it's unusual for us uh, to say it's, it's good for the international break, uh, but that was a, a pretty good international break by all accounts. Um, but I'm, I'm delighted to get Celtic back on the cards on Saturday. OK, Gary, here's how the game works. Uh, you get 50 seconds on the clock. I'm going to ask you as many Scottish football questions as I can in that time. If you don't know the answer, say pass. Uh, after the 50 seconds is up and you get 50 seconds and that's it. If I'm in the middle of a question, sadly, uh, I don't complete it. Uh, we'll tally up your correct answers. And if you top the table at the end of the week, which is tomorrow, uh, you win the PS5. Uh, James from Dumbarton is the current leader with uh, six correct answers. So you have to beat that. And remember, when the clock stops... Even if I'm halfway through that question, the time is up. So are you ready? Yeah, go for it, Rob. Okay, let's go. Who is the correct all-time record all-time goal scorer for Rangers? Alan McCoy. Which club plays at the Global Global Energy Stadium? Underneath. Who was the last team other than Celtic or Rangers to win the Scottish Premier League? Aberdeen. Which Spanish team did Aberdeen defeat to win the European Cup Winners' yeah, Cup? Madrid. What is the name of the Motherwell men's manager? Uh, Stephen Robinson. Which uh, city staged the Rangers UEFA Cup final versus Zenit? Manchester. What nationality is Glenn Kamara? Finnish. What club employs Celtic legend Henrik Larsson as coach? Barcelona. Who scored the winner in last year's League Cup final between Celtic and Rangers? Uh, Julian. Which Scottish club does Israeli keeper Ophir Marciano play for? Head. Time up. Um, are we allowing that last one or not? Uh, I'm looking oh, to... Oh, come on. I know, I know exactly. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't give me the emotional heartbreak moment. Um, but uh, yeah, we are giving you that one because the clock hadn't yeah. quite stopped. So uh, that uh, seemed to me like a really good performance. Um, some of my questions <laughs> some of my questions weren't great in terms of getting them out but uh, your answers uh, were pretty quick and pretty accurate as far as I'm aware and you have scored Gary an amazing nine yes so that <laughs> well done Gary so that is a that's a, <laughs> that's a that's a top performance um I'm just going to check with these two in the studio beside me, Marvin Bartley, Darren Jackson. Um, you know, I'm sure if they were listening closely, they'll probably have the answers to these, but we'll just go through them anyway. Who's the record all-time goal scorer for Rangers? Ali McCoyst. Ali McCoyst was right. Um, which club plays at the Global, Global Energy Stadium? Couldn't say it first time, can't say it now. Global Energy Stadium. Inverness. <laughs> Ross County. Ross County, I thought, yeah. Oh, Ross County. Yeah, Ross County. So I think that's the only one you got wrong. Um, the last team other than Celtic or Rangers to win the Scottish Premier League... United Aberdeen are you, I can see the answers can you read upside down yeah, no I can see all of them yeah alright okay so what a cheat what, the Spanish team that Aberdeen beat to win the European Cup winners cup yeah Madrid you can just read them Marv. yeah, 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 I, know, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I could give it away I thought you were, you were testing that Motherwell manager Stephen Robinson uh, which city staged the UEFA Cup final Rangers versus Zenit yeah, Manchester, Manchester, Manchester yeah. nationality of Glenn Kamara in fact we were speaking earlier on weren't we about uh, top value players with Chris Sutton um, and obviously he, he went for Henrik Larsson but I guess some of the Rangers fans would be saying at the moment Glenn Kamara <laughs> was 50 grand well spent um, which club employs Celtic legend Henrik Larsson as coach Barcelona. Barcelona 
um, who scored the winner in last year's League Cup final between Celtic and Rangers, Chris Julian, and at which Scottish club does Israeli keeper Ophir Marciano play? Sadly, we couldn't get the ball past him last night um, in Israel, and uh, that was Hibbs. So you got nine out of ten, I think. Is that right? Nine out of ten. That's a that's a really good performance, Gary, and that's going to take a, a fair bit of beating. Um, Hopefully, <laughs> I would imagine uh, tomorrow one more contender. Uh, you'll listen in on that one and find out Definitely. if you've if you've won the you get a FIFA 21 for taking part in any case um, but uh, the PS5 could be yours come come tomorrow um, just I mean just thinking about Chris Julian uh, what, what's your what's your sort of rating I, I know there's a mixed response among a lot of Celtic fans about Chris Julian and how much you've missed him and how much you haven't I think I think we have missed him when, when you look at the goals that we've conceded uh, this season when he's not been in the team uh, obviously there's been a lot of rumours about they might be unhappy at the club and all the rest of it but from the, the social media interactions that I've seen I don't think he's unhappy I think he's buzzing to get back and we need him back in that team him and big Christopher Ayer at the back and maybe yeah, and, and maybe Marv he's more appreciated in his absence and maybe you see what Chris Julian adds and what he does when he's not playing yeah sometimes that needs to happen doesn't it um, you know as fans we're all fans of a football club and sometimes because somebody's playing at such a level and they have a slight dip you think oh he's not very good you know let's get someone to replace him and then you, you get a replacement and then you realise wow actually let, let's have the last guy back so you know it does happen in football you know you're, you're more appreciated when you do come out of the team and, and now I think all Celtic fans are wanting him back to, to try and strengthen that, that, that defensive line back up How big is this game Gary uh, at Easter Road on Saturday um, bearing in mind the, the Premiership placings at the moment I think every game is massive now Rob I think in terms of trying to claw back the lead obviously we've got two games in hand uh, obviously been at home with a slight advantage but, but no games are given this season with not having the crowd in the stadium so you know, every every game needs to win. But if it's as comfortable as it was at Celtic Park earlier in the season, then then obviously we'll be happy uh, come Saturday night. Do you think Rangers could slip up against Aberdeen Sunday? I don't. If it, if it was at Petardry, possibly. Um, but I think they're too strong, especially at home. So I think it's maybe going to need to come down to maybe the game at Ibrox. Uh, hopefully we'll still be close enough to them, kind of thing, to claw it back. And are you supportive of Neil Lennon because he's taken a bit of flack at times this season? Are you a Neil uh, Lennon fan? I, do you know what? Nobody wants more uh, to see Neil Lennon do 10 in a row than me, but at times I have questioned his decisions and his, his timing of his subs and that sort of thing. But I think um, I'm, I'm totally behind him for now to the rest of the season. I don't see the point bringing anybody else in. What, what happens, happens. Do you know what I mean? And, and uh, it's been a good run, obviously. And the international break could be a benefit to, to Celtic with uh, with Hudson Edouard breaking that uh, French under-21 goal-scoring record during the break uh, and also Lee Griffiths getting some game time with Scotland as well. Yeah, I was disappointed not to see Griffiths play more, uh, to be honest, but it was, it was great to see Eddie back on, on goal-scoring form and hopefully he, he takes that into the game on Saturday. And, and I'm, you know, part of me is still confident we're going to do 10. And so... I'm just hope that I'm going to be right uh, come the end of the season. Good to have you on the show, and I can uh, safely assume I think you'll be listening tomorrow to make sure that nobody gets past definitely nine. Not, definitely. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great performance from you. Uh, so we'll find out tomorrow if you've won the PS5 um, for taking part. You win uh, FIFA 21 in any case. Gary, good to have you on the show. Cheers, Rob. Cheers, guys. 
Yes. All the best. That was some performance from 9 out of 10 on the, the football questions. If you want to play, head to thisisgo.co.uk to register now. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! That was Chris with the travel. And in the last 15 minutes or so, we'll be looking back a little bit more on uh, that Scotland game last night and looking forward to what is coming our way at the weekend in terms of the, the club football. Dundee United against Hamilton, Hibs Celtic, Kilmarnock, Ross County, Livingston, St Mirren and St Johnston against Motherwell. That Rangers-Aberdeen game sounds a good one on Sunday. Last night, Israel... Uh, one Scotland nil and uh, no promotion for uh, Stevie Clark's national team uh, to get themselves up among the big boys but obviously it was less than a week after what happened in Serbia Scotland qualifying for a major finals for the first time well it will 23 years come next summer uh, we heard earlier on from Callum McGregor his uh, initial reaction to the the game in Israel and obviously a lot of the focus post-match is on Scotland not taking the chances they created. We have to look at where we've come in a, a short space of time. You know, we've, we've done well, we've, we've qualified this week for the Euros, so we, we put that to one side. But like you said, if, if we're going to keep progressing, then you know we have to take our chances when we get them in the game because you see at this level, when you don't take your chances and, and they go up the pitch and, and get a counter-attack, then you can quite easily lose the game. So you know that, that's the next step for us in our development is to, to take the chances. Darren Jackson was a man who took a chance or two for a long list of clubs over the years um, and, and it is an issue for, for Scotland at the moment as, as we look to improve further It is Rob, yes and, but as I said to you we've never been a team, a nation that scored loads of goals um, but it has and listen, McBurney's had a lot of stick um, that was his 15th game Rob it took me 14 games to get my first goal so I can't really give him too much stick stick for it and the boy ends up snatching at things and he's under pressure and, and because maybe when I was playing there was no social media so you don't see things you see social media now and it'll, it'll be so much pressure he shouldn't be there and all that but um, the manager believes in him and, and hopefully listen the one big thing credit to him he, took, he stood up and took a penalty and as Craig said the pressure the boys were under and you're actually I was a penalty taker and I was sitting watching them and I was a nervous wreck you're actually calmer taking the penalty than actually watching watching them yeah. um, so fair play to him t- to go up and take a penalty and um, and score it but we've always had that problem but um, the big thing with Scotland is we don't we've never lost a lot of goals and that's what Stevie Clark's getting. If you don't lose goals, you don't lose games. Mm. And you obviously, and the more games um, Lyndon Dykes plays, the more settled squad that we get. And I think it will come good. The more g- the games Griffiths hopefully can come back for Celtic and get more games, get more goals. Um, there's another threat you've got. I mean, he's he's our biggest threat to be truthful, um, and we need him back in. But players like Ryan Fraser, Marv, and, and, and James Forrest, when they're back fit and ready and available, they bring goals with them. Yeah, they do. Um, they're absolutely massive to Scotland going forward. You know, we've spoken about the, the new style of play and a new direct style with Lyndon Dykes being the, the, the kind of man that, that we hit from the back now. And with Fraser, with his pace and, and Forrest's pace, you know, to get them in behind in the foot race of anyone, you know, you fancy them. So, you know, I think they'll they'll get a lot more goals and I think they'll be absolutely delighted to have a big number nine now. Um, for them to work off so you know going forward I, I think Scotland will get get a lot more goals um, just touch on the McBurney thing it's 
it's been something that's been quite difficult to watch. You know, I don't know him personally, but to, to constantly see an international footballer who's doing his best for the country um, constantly put down is it's been difficult. Um, you know, and I think it, it does have a negative effect on, on his teammates as well because, you know, yes, they are looking at it and it's not them, but that could be them. You know, it, it just shows if you have, have a, a few bad games in some people's eyes and other people will jump on it in, in regards to social media. Um, it's such a hard thing. And I think once his goal does come, I think you'll see everybody celebrate. You know, I think that'd be a huge relief for every single player because they'll all be willing them on. I'm, I'm telling you now, it's, it, it's, it's, it's so hard to actually see. The, the, the biggest problem for him was that Lyndon Dykes had such a good game and he's a target yeah. man he's had to come on and replace him and, and he's, he's been he's, compared to and him he's, yeah. yes and he's not that type of player he plays in a two with Sheffield United but he plays off someone so all of a sudden everyone's looking and saying well how's he not doing the same job as Lyndon Dykes because that's what he's gone on he's not that type of player and so and, and Stevie would know that but that's what he's got on the bench so that's what that's what you go with so um, as, I'm not saying that he would be in my team but he goes on and he gives his all every game and that's all you can that's all you can ask. Now it's up to whether the manager whether he should be playing or not. But he goes on and gives his all. Yeah, I mean every player gets praise and gets criticism, but but I'm with you and, and we've spoken about a lot uh, in the studio with with uh, with Barry and Sai as well at, at times that it's it's just gone gone over the top uh, about a guy whose passion about playing for Scotland is absolutely clear. He, he's come he's come on the show t- as if he as if he had to 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 make that perfectly clear. And I think the only the only issue with him at the moment is he's trying too hard. And, and in that Slovakia game, Marv, I mean it was fairly obvious that some of his teammates think so much of him that they were rather than taking on shots, they were looking to play him in looking for him to get that goal yeah and that's that's what I mean because they'll be with him you know obviously the, the, the last week or so of travelling they've had they'll be with him every single day you know and he might not show it to, to the general public he might not show it on social media but but it'll be hurting him and they'll see they'll see a player one of their teammates you know a close friend you know almost, almost shrinking you know he's, he's actually normally a big character and whatever else and he's probably shied away from that on this trip because he knows even before a ball's kicked you know oh, hopefully he doesn't go on or you know and stuff like this and he will be seeing it and people will say oh if you don't want to see it stay off social media but it's not it's not that easy you know in this day and age and, and his family and stuff will be seeing it and the pressure on him and the pressure will be put on himself. Like you said, he's not playing naturally anymore. You know, you, you can almost see that he's playing. It's a man under pressure. And this is a guy that's playing in the English Premier League. You know, one of the toughest leagues in the world. And like you said, because of the, the structure of him and because he's, you know, six foot two and he's a big lad, he's expected to be a big target man like Lyndon Dykes, like we were just touching on there. And like you said, he's so much of a different player and he has so many other qualities. Um, but I just, I just want that first goal to come for him because I think it will, it will relax him and get the, the pressure off his back and I think you'll see him kick on from there. And he's never really been a natural goal scorer, Rob. I mean, I think he scored six goals for Sheffield like how well they did last yeah. year. He got, he got 20, didn't he, for Swansea the in, the, in yes, the Championship? Yeah. Yes, yeah. in the Championship. But he's gone up but to That's the, a tough league as well. Of course it is, yes. Of course it is. And he's gone up to the, the big... But that was, in a few, that was a few years ago. He's only scored six goals, so mm. he's not used to scoring goals mm. and getting himself into goal-scoring positions last Season, it's um, Sheffield United were a team who did incredibly well. I mean, but they were a unit. Yeah, they worked very hard as a unit. So clearly, um, he plays for Sheffield United for reasons other than purely well, well, scoring goals. Of course, as I said, I think they finished eighth in the, yeah. in, the in the Premiership last year. They, they say the best league in the world, yeah. and they finished eighth. There's not there, there, people would say well, they're not really a team you would go, but they battle for each other, and that sometimes that's great to watch. 
teammates teammates doing stuff for each and running back the pitch and working hard for each other and and, and I do feel that the, the Scotland players will be feeling for them and they will be hopefully setting them up to score a goal in the next games that come up which is a little while away for him it's probably disappointing Back with Callum McGregor again who's had all sorts of success of course at club level with Celtic uh, winner's medal after winner's medal and now international success yeah, it's been it's been incredible. Um, like you said, I've had a lot of success at club level, but you know to go and be successful at international level that is the pinnacle of a of a footballer's career to go and play at major tournaments and and you know get your country there. So um, it's it's been a brilliant lift this week in in terms of the success that we've had. But like I said, we need to stay humble, um, continue to improve, and and hopefully we want to be a side that when we come together we can try and qualify for tournaments on a regular basis. So success for uh, Callum McGregor, success for Stephen O'Donnell as well. Incredible to think that uh, two of the back five for Scotland in front of uh, David Marshall uh, were Motherwell players. Declan Gallagher, absolutely outstanding. Stephen O'Donnell uh, playing so well in that right wing back position. This was his uh, reaction last night in Israel. Going off the, the back of the Serbia game was obviously a massive achievement for the squad. We'd like to follow up with the, the victory that we needed. We didn't manage to do so. The positives to take away from it is it's two very good performances. At this level, as I said, you need to take your chances and, and if we don't do that, you're going to get punished. It's a great message, isn't it, for the for the Premiership, for the for the SPFL, that, that if you're good enough, uh, Stevie Clark will see you and you'll get in there, you'll get your chance. And if you take your chance, like Stephen O'Donnell, like Declan Gallagher, Marv, you'll play. No, exactly. You know, and, and that's always good for a player, knowing that if you go into the team and, and you perform well, you're going to keep your place. Even if there is somebody at a bigger club, you know, you saw Liam Cooper, the captain of Leeds, who obviously also in the Premier League, you know, and you've got Declan Gallagher keeping him out. You know, Scott McKenna at Nottingham Forest, a huge club, and Declan Gallagher's keeping him out. So it's such a good thing to see. And, and Stephen Donald's talking of him, you know, he was without a club at the start of the season. Yeah. So, you know, what, what transformation it's been for him, you know. He knew he needed to get in and, and be playing somewhere to have a chance to get in the Scotland squad. And, and now he's, you know, the starting right wing back. So it's absolutely fantastic for the league, you know, to see these boys who are playing up here, you know, week in, week out to show everybody else that, yeah, if you are doing well here, you don't have to go down the road to England. You don't have to go anywhere else. You can do well here and you can play for Scotland. It's a good point that he was in here the first few weeks of the show talking about, and actually we were asking him about what about the Scotland squad at that stage, and he said, well, well, you know, I need to get a club, I need to be playing, you know, I can't see Stevie Clark picking me, you know, if I, if I don't have a club. But then, you know, within hours almost, he'd signed from Motherwell, he's in the next squad, he's back in the team, and of course Stevie Clark knows exactly what he can do. I would have taken up my Blackpool. <laughs> but I don't think he wanted to come. Um, I, I, knew, I know Sod from... Um, Partick Thistle when Jackie was manager right. when I used to go in there so I know him I know him quite well um, Good, a really good talent good attitude um, and I think boys know that, know that he was wild but he's, he's settled down now Rob he's, he's got a baby and all that and so your life's got a little bit more com- complete and he's obviously enjoying his football at Motherwell I mean I'm a massive fan of <laughs> um, Stephen Robinson and I think he does unbelievable and um, he's obviously really really enjoying it there and he's got he's got the connection with Stevie Clark. Stevie Clark trusts him, um, knows what he can do, and he's got he's he's big physical boy that can get up and down that line. And the other night you see that he nearly scored. Probably disappointed that he mm. didn't probably do a little bit better um, with his chance. But um, he's done really well. I, I rate um, Stephen O'Donnell a lot, and I think he'll be a, a huge asset for us. 
Okay, so we're 48 hours away from the return of the Premiership. Livingston, of course, have been playing uh, League Cup football uh, in the in the meantime. What about that game then Saturday, Marv? Livingston against St Mirren. Yeah, as I said, you know, it's one a game we're looking at and, you know, a game we need to be winning, if we're honest. You know, we're at home. Um, you know, there's another team that's down there in and around us and we, we need to now create a gap. You know, we need to start improving our performances. You know, we've spoken about it long enough now. You know, we've got two good cup uh, results where all the boys got to play. So if you are starting on Saturday, then, you know, we've got, we need to go and perform because there's competition for places now within the squad and, you know, no one's guaranteed to play games. So Saturday's a huge game for us and, you know, hopefully we can play well and, and more importantly, win. And if you're talking title race, Darren, two mouth-watering matches at the weekend, Celtic at Easter Road Saturday, Rangers at home to Aberdeen Sunday. Yeah, I mean, listen, every game in the Premier League's hard, hard Rob. Celtic saw last year how hard it was going going to Livingston, but going to Easter they'll, they'll, they'll look at the fixture and going to Easter Road just now is a hard fixture. Um, so they'll be looking to overcome that. Um, and Rangers, one of their hardest games at home is always going to be Aberdeen because of the the rival rivalry there. So um, they're two good games to look forward to. But just going back to the the Livingston situation, Rob, when you look at they lost a massive player in Lyndon Dykes that takes time to recover from that because when you look at Aberdeen lost Cosgrove at the start of the season mm. and they didn't they didn't start the season well Celtic Edwards not been up to the standards that he's been playing so Celtic haven't been so when you lose a player like that it's hard for a club like Livingston but you got on with it and they're, they're, they're recovering now so um, I fancy the two old for them games uh, the two old for them teams to get results at the weekend Edouard's going to be interesting, isn't it? How he comes back from that record-breaking performance with the French under-21s, what sort of form he's going to be in for Celtic, Marv. Yeah, and, and like you're saying there, you know, Celtic need him. They really, really do need their talisman to, to, to come back and hit, hit the ground running. And like the caller said earlier, take that form that he showed with the, the France uh, team and, and do it for Celtic. So Saturday's a huge game, you know, because Hibs will fancy themselves as they do against everybody. You know, they'll go out and they'll attack and... You know, Celtic now know that their mentality will be we need to win all of our games and then when we play against Rangers that will take care of itself. But they know they can't afford another slip-up. You know, I think it would be, be league over if they slip up again. Thanks, Marv. Thanks, Darren, as well. Thanks to Chris Sutton and to Craig Burley, who joined us as well. We're back with Barry Ferguson and Cy Ferry in the studio tomorrow night. Join us at five. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. 